Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, I'm going to start pretty much straight away into reading John chapter 8, and uh, we will have it up on the screen. John chapter 8, I'm going to start at verse 2. And it says, Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All This is Jesus. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. I'm going to give today's message a title that I don't know if anyone's ever given this title as a message before. It is the word, Juxtaposition. <laughs> Say that word three times really fast. Oh, some of you are a game. <laughs> Juxtaposition. Now, I was pretty useless at English at school. But uh, over the years, you, you hear words and you research words and you begin, to, you, you begin to think, oh, okay, that actually does have a meaning. Let me read you the definition. Juxtaposition means the fact of two things being seen or placed close together with contrasting effect. In other words, opposing effect, but they're together. And so I think this passage that I just read to you is actually a juxtaposition. And I'm going uh, to go some places today and hopefully I end up where I intended to end up. Okay? Uh, but... Uh, sometimes it's a little risky when you're, you're tackling things and maybe you go left or right, but we're going we're gonna to go somewhere. Is that okay? Yeah. So just click in your seatbelt and just relax, take a deep breath, and we'll see where we go. This passage here, we see a number of things taking place. We see Jesus basically bored with the ridiculousness of the Pharisees trying to test him out. Uh, And we see the Pharisees trying to weaponize Scripture uh, uh, to test Jesus, but also to condemn the woman. And obviously the woman was caught. She's not really denying it. And so we have this issue that I believe this passage is a little bit of a key. And I've been researching and questioning God and just delving into the questioning of how do we rightly position ourselves as Christians 
as believers, as lovers of Jesus and also lovers of people, how do we rightly position ourselves in this modern day and age when we so easily trip ourselves up just with what we say? And language is being weaponized in such a way in this day and age that language in and of itself is not enough to win the battle sometimes. And so we can see here, Jesus in his wisdom, he knows the hearts of the Pharisees. He knows they're testing him. And so he knows, okay, it's not going to work to just argue. And I believe that we in the coming generation, this generation and the coming generation are going to be in many, many juxtapositions. We're going to be in positions where we could do one thing or another, but we need to ask the Holy Spirit for really, really big amounts of wisdom to know what to say and when to say it and when not to say anything at all. Because let me explore the juxtaposition that I believe we have here. And I'm going to um, delve into politics for a moment. Is that okay? You've already got your seatbelts on, so that's okay. Most of you would have heard of the left of politics and the right of politics. We hear it all the time. Ten years ago, I had no idea what that even meant. Uh, what, what left and right, and then you got moderates, and then you, you got left and right of every party, and left and right of this and that and the other, and what does it actually mean? Well, I want to just explore that in simple terms, and this is in layman's terms, my just plain layman's understandings of what that means, because I believe this is a bit of a key for us in how to gain breakthrough into society where we don't have to be left or right. Okay, so that's where I'm going with this. But on, on, if we look at this scenario of John chapter 8, and we see in this situation, Jesus is he's in a juxtaposition. Okay, the law says this, but love does this. And I know the Pharisees are testing me, so I'm going to teach them a lesson. At the same time, I'm going to bring freedom to the captive. And Now, that's wisdom, isn't it? If only we can gain this kind of wisdom when we are trying to reach society with the gospel of Jesus Christ and somehow not preach judgment, but in love bring freedom. It's a very hard thing to do. And there's not many people that can do it really well. It's just it's one of those things. And, and so when someone can do it really well, we want to support them and we want to just give them everything because there are certain people, I believe, uh, that, that have really good amounts of compassion and wisdom. But I want to just explore this a minute because we see two things really taking place in John chapter 8. We see righteousness, which is the Pharisees weaponizing righteousness, so to speak, to bring about condemnation. And then we see compassion. We see Jesus give compassion to the woman who was caught in sin. It's obvious sin. And he, he addresses the sin, but first he brings love. So our issue as believers in today's society, there are many issues, believe me, I can get caught up on a whole range of issues if I want to and jump on bandwagons and argue and really fight some causes. And there are some we're meant to fight. But a key here that Jesus offers us is there is righteousness and there is compassion. And the, f- the two can flow together. The key is if, I want to read you a quote actually from Oswald Chambers, which I think says it fantastically. He says, when we become simply a promoter or a defender of a particular belief, something within us dies. That is not believing God. It is only believing our belief about him. <laughs> 
See, many of us, particularly if we've been in a denomination, we, we sometimes champion the denomination more than Jesus. That's believing a belief more than him. Or if we've got an ideological slant, or we've got a political slant, or we've got a theological slant, or any other whatever, then if anything dominates our opinions and our conversations more than Jesus, and it's pushing an agenda, then we, we need to just bring ourselves back into line, which I do on a daily basis have to do. And so I think we get a key there from Oswald Chambers that Jesus is the key. So when we are standing up for righteous beliefs, we want to remember that with righteousness comes compassion. I think that the whole left of politics has a genuine heart for compassion and equality, and there's a whole lot of sensitive eggshells you know, we could step on. I actually believe at the core of the left of politics, the heart's cry is actually a, a, a lot of people who would say, come on, let's, let's see equality, let's see mercy, let's have you know, all for one and one for all and etc. You, you can see that, you can hear the heart's cry of the left in that. Now, of course... There's radicals that hijack that. And when they hijack that, they bring about a fresh agenda, which now becomes the biggest voice we hear. But we got to be careful. We're not fighting the hijackers, but we're actually releasing love to those who are genuine. Do you hear what I'm saying in that? And same with on the right side of politics, there is a genuine heart's cry for righteousness and truth and even biblical truth. However, sometimes there's an extreme fringe again in the right, which, which perhaps hasn't care, has cared enough about industry but not enough about environment or, or not enough about uh, the poor and has really pushed affluence. See, at the core of it, it's not wrong, but the fringes are. And so we got to be careful we're not just fighting the fringes of whatever's going on. Because if we do that, we're just going to be shooting bullets all day long. Fringe versus fringe. Fringe, you know, hijacker versus hijacker. Radical versus radical. And that never wins the war. But at the core of it, we want righteousness and compassion. And Jesus offers us here politically an amazing avenue. He's sitting there and he knows that someone's weaponized language, which often the left are doing now big time, weaponizing uh, equality and diversity and all of this stuff. And we Christians feel bad if we still believe in a righteous uh, truth of marriage being between one man and one woman. Or if you're born as a male, you are a male. Or a female, you are a female. And so these things under society are now being weaponized. And you are going to be made to feel more and more an ostracized a dinosaur if you hold that belief. I believe there are five things that are real issues for us to look at in at this current time, but in the next decade, they're going to be absolute, I don't know, we need so much wisdom to know how to do, deal with this stuff that it, it's just incredible. Here's my five things. Governmental control, social media control, sexuality, gender, and freedom of religion. They're my top five things that we are going to need the wisdom of Jesus Christ to know how to write in the sand and just sit there and go, oh my gosh, give me wisdom, Jesus, and then release somehow righteous compassion. So we can actually release love to the left and the right. I mean, what a thing. I know it sounds like utopia, doesn't it? 
But this is why spirit-filled believers who genuinely walk in the spirit, as Jesus demonstrated here, will have an answer for both. An answer for both. I, I've, I've been meeting a fair bit with some political leaders and talking to a lot of leaders lately about some of these issues. And I'm telling you, it's so quick. It's so quick for the temperature to rise, isn't it? For the blood to boil. Whatever your pet issue is, it doesn't matter who you are, left, right, center, whatever. Um, and, and I threw a curveball out there the other day because we were talking about the Greens Party and oh, rah, 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 the Greens Party. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? I'm more of a Green than most Green signed up members. I plant 100 trees every single year without fail on my own farm. I live off grid. I eat organic food. I don't eat animals and all of this stuff. I'm vegan and I believe in looking after our climate and all this. And I'm thinking, I bet most of those guys don't do half of that stuff. See, it's been hijacked. The greens have been hijacked. And so we actually need righteousness in the greens. And we need righteousness in the Liberal Party. And, and we need righteousness in the Labor Party. And so it's, it's one of these funny little juxtapositions in life where what would happen if we could actually infiltrate every society and claim it for Jesus Christ and bring righteousness and compassion? See, the, 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 I mean, we're going in all sorts of directions today. I, I know the seatbelts are off and we're just traveling. But I'm going somewhere in this because you're going to need so much wisdom and so am I. But remember John chapter 8, whenever you're faced with an issue where someone uh, shoots at you one of your pet trigger buttons and you're triggered. You're triggered. See, the issue is we are not to be triggered. And this is the problem, whether we're left or right, if we get triggered, we're acting wrongly. Because that trigger could be because we actually were uh, a victim of sexual abuse or something like that. As, as a young person or as a, as a woman, as, as a big issue right now. And see, if we're triggered by that and we weaponize the victimhood, it's a wrong spirit. It's not righteousness. It's not even compassion. It's called false compassion. See, Jesus here brought righteous compassion. And so we need both. If, if all we do is fight battles for various causes, then we're not standing up for Jesus. Jesus must be bigger than every cause that we fight. Jesus must be bigger than all of the different little pet issues that we want to win the war on. Because he brings love. He brings righteousness. He brings truth. I'm, I'm, I listen to some guys and they're, and they're just the most righteous preachers that you can ever hear. Uh, and I mean, if you ever were around with Pensacola Revival and you listen to Steve Hill preaching... And uh, I mean, it was righteous, holy fire preaching, uh, but it was in a revival setting where God was moving in that context as well. So I just put that, put those brackets around it. However, I listened to that and I'm like, I love that. And then I listened to other guys, you know, who bring about amazing amounts of grace and, and just acceptance. And, and then I think, well, I love that too. And so you don't have to have your pet peeves where you, just, where you just love one certain slant. You love the hard stuff all the time. The hard, give me the hard stuff, you know. Brimstone and fire. Bring down condemnation. We're all sinners and we need to be smite by the hand of God. Well, you know what? This next generation's probably not going to run into that unless it's a move of God. Because ultimately we need a move of God. We need Jesus to come and 
get his finger and write in the sand of this place. And when he comes, he can bring freedom to the captives without condemnation. He can say, go and sin no more. See, we need a generation that come face to face with Jesus and they don't feel condemned. But somehow they run to him and they run away not sinning anymore. Because just arguing with transgender activists probably isn't going to change them. They're going to feel worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And we'll get more and more, more hot-tempered and hot-tempered. And, and I mean, this, this one, it's coming at us, guys. It's coming at us. So we need to get wise. We need to get okay with, with saying words that we never thought we would say. But we need to be in prayer to gain wisdom. We need the wisdom of Jesus. We, we, I mean, I do. I do. I pray for this constantly now. How do I meet with politicians? How do I talk with them? And you can relate this to anyone, politicians or friends or family or whatever colleagues you're in. Because you're, if, if you're in the workplace, you'll notice things that you used to say 10 years ago just aren't okay to say anymore. Now, some of those things are good. But, but it's also been weaponized. That's been weaponized too. So be careful. Be careful what has been weaponized and be careful what you weaponize. Because it's really important that the cause is Jesus Christ, not the cause. And so many of us can jump on a cause for the sake of it. Oh, yeah, there's a minority group. I'm going to jump on that cause out of compassion. But we're jumping on the cause, not Jesus. See, we can spend a whole lot of time jumping on causes like the Pharisees did. That could be reversed. That could be reversed and someone might be jumping on the cause and saying, well, hang on, she's a woman. She can, she's free. She can do whatever she likes and, and she should be able to be free. Hang on, that's jumping on the cause. And that's only the second degree. But the first degree is jump on Jesus. Let's get in on him. And then we will hear what it's like to live righteously without bringing judgment. To bring truth Without bringing condemnation. Now, some will say when you speak truth, it brings condemnation. And that's true. But there's a way in which I pray we can learn to do it that brings the shining light of Jesus. Let's, let's read Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. And, and, the, and this is, if you like righteousness, here it is. Woe to those who called evil good and good evil. We are living in a day where evil is called good. Living a homosexual lifestyle is called good. This is not the biblical way. This is not what the Bible teaches. You know what? In not many years from now, that statement I just made, I may be in prison for. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're not that far away. If we lived in, in uh, uh, some people say, you know, Vic Kanistan or some Victoria, you know, as in Kazakhstan, a communist Victoria. Because I'm telling you, it's bad news over there. It's bad news. Squashing the freedom of religion, squashing a whole lot of things. But listen, we're not far away unless we, we get a voice. But we need a righteous, merciful, merciful, compassionate voice. How do we do that? We do it in love. And that's what Jesus did. We look at those who may be living in sin and we begin to pray for them. I've been doing this more this year and I, I, I'm telling you, it's taken me a few months to warm up to it. Because some of those, and I find it helps if you pick the people that you're most annoyed with. Do you know what I mean? Pick the icons of annoyance of who you're opposed to and begin to pray for them. 
and begin to pray for them and watch what God does. You know, you begin to listen to them and I can hear their hearts cry. They were hurt as a child. They were abused. They've had a terrible upbringing. They, they haven't had anyone show them godly love or when they have, it's come out in the wrong way. Or, you know, I mean, you think about all of those victims of, of abuse in the church. No wonder half of the nation isn't interested in church. So it's, we've got to hear the hearts cry. We've got to hear that deeper level because the deeper level is, I wish you were what I hoped you were, but you let me down. You understand what I'm saying? Most humans have a heart's cry for truth and reality. And they actually really do want to believe there's a God. I believe if you talk to most atheists on the street or people who've just given up on God, if you talk to them and say, hey, when you were a kid, I bet you probably hoped there was a really good God up there. Is that true? And most of them would say, yes, I really did hope there was a good God. But things get in the way. Hurts and pain and confusion and all sorts of things get in the way. And so we've got to make sure that we get back to hearing the heart's cry of people. And I believe this is an interesting uh, juxtaposition we are in right now between the right, which is potentially sometimes righteous but radical and, and, and pushy and sometimes domineering in a way, but the left who, is, who has a heart's cry for mercy and compassion, which is genuine, but then gets radicalized and weaponized and tries to literally socialize everything for all of us to make it, to make it law that we all have to now believe in this way. And so neither is right, neither is correct. But somewhere in there is the love of God. Somewhere in there is the love of God. And I believe if we're praying for our enemies, as the Bible says we're meant to, and I'm still on that journey, okay? Um, Ask me next year how I'm going, and I'm sure I'm going to be better down the track. But there's certain icons of, let's say, champions of a lifestyle that I don't believe is biblical. And, And I believe that if I begin to pray for them, I, I break down some of my own mindsets about that person and I begin to hear the hearts cry. And I say, Lord, bring healing, bring restoration. Somehow you're going to have to move in our nation as never before because there's more confusion. There's more, there's more just opposing views than ever before. And social media control has one left agenda. That's just fair to say. It's well worth being aware of that, okay? It doesn't matter whether it's YouTube or whether it's Google or whether it's Facebook. There is a strong left agenda in those things. Now, when I look at that and I look at what they're squashing and quashing, they're trying their best. The heart's cry is genuine. It's for equality and it's for diversity. And that all sounds good, but they squash half of the righteous truth. And so they haven't got it right either. But we have to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Snakes are really wise. We were riding around, me and Bay were driving around our farm in our ATV the other day, and it was the one hot day of summer. Um, <laughs> and uh, anyway, we're, we're driving it through, and up pops a little brown snake just in front of us. And we drove over it. Don't worry, it's still alive. I mean, I would have liked to have squashed it, but... Um, but uh, it got me thinking, it got, uh, like this is the only time this whole season I'd seen this. And, uh, but they know exactly when to come out. They know exactly where to come out. The rest of the time they're in hiding. We need to learn something about that. And what are they doing? They're, while they're sneaking things at night when no one's looking, they do things by stealth. 
because they know that the kookaburras are up there ready to swoop down and take them. We can learn something from them. Don't set yourself up as a target just by fighting a cause for the sake of fighting a cause. There has to be a deeper meaning. And if love and if Jesus isn't at the center, it's not worth fighting. It's just not worth fighting. I, I listen sometimes to political guys and, 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 and a lot of the stuff is so good and uh, Christian political guys and then, and then they'll go off onto a tangent onto, onto a pet peeve of theirs and I'll think, okay, you just now, now, now it's a pet peeve. And, uh, and so my, my mantra for myself is don't worry about the periphery things. I've got to pick my battles, right? And every one of us in the room has to pick our battles. Some will be called to certain things, others to others. But love, righteousness, compassion, and Jesus must be at the center. Must be at the center. And so we need to learn this wisdom, learn craftiness, learn stealth-like behavior. But if we're praying for our enemies, he will probably give us an opportunity with our enemies. He will probably give us a voice into situations. You might have relatives who are living a lifestyle that you wouldn't agree with. How on earth do we deal with this? I have many people ask me that question. And it's, it's, a, it's a juxtaposition because you've got to bring righteousness or you've got to stand for righteousness, but you need to have compassion. Because if you ostracize them, you'll lose them forever. And so just bringing judgment is not going to work. It's just not going to work. Try it. You'll lose them pretty quickly. And before you know it, they're off doing even worse. And they're slamming you even worse. Why? Because all we can see sometimes is the sin. But if we have what Jesus has, we look past the sin and we see the person and we see redemption. Because Jesus wants redemption for this generation. And he wants redemption for your lost friends and relatives and neighbours and people around you. So don't look at the sin and let that trigger you like it does me sometimes. But there's certain times where I realise, no, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing. Because I'm triggered by certain sins just because of the way I was brought up. But they're no worse sins than the sins that we might let go through to the keeper every single day in our lives. So we've got to be careful. We're not fighting causes for the sake of causes, but we stand in righteousness and in truth and in holiness, but somehow we bring love and freedom and redemption because this generation needs it. We do need a move of God. We do need a move of God. I'm convinced of that. I wish I knew the recipe because I would just roll it out every single week and every day. There's absolutely no question about that. But let me tell you, he's going to call some of you and some of us to be redeemers, to bring light into the darkness. And you're going to need wisdom beyond wisdom. You're going to need years of wisdom. The next generation, guys, if you're 30 or under, wherever you are all over, you're going to need so much wisdom. You're going to need so much wisdom to bring love and compassion, but still stand in righteousness and truth. And you're going to need to know the Word of God. Because like I said, that statement I said just a few minutes ago, that marriage is just between one man and one woman, and that the way we are born gender-wise is how God has created us, those two lines alone can have me in prison. And I want to lay a challenge again to men. What are you willing to go to the stake for? What are you willing to stand up for? Because on our watch, this stuff's got in. 
And so it's so important that we realize we don't just get lost on one side of the juxtaposition and fight a cause just for the sake of it. But we actually realize that Jesus took both avenues. He didn't compromise. He stood in righteousness, but he loved. Our love somehow has to be bigger than our condemnation. Somehow. I say that somehow because I am absolutely working through what that looks like. And if you're in the situation where you're confused by some of this stuff, and let me tell you, a lot of the next gen are like, oh, but I've got friends who are bisexual or they're gay or whatever. What am I going to say to them? Because they won't be my friends anymore. Or maybe they'll sue me if I'm, you know, saying the wrong thing or whatever. It it is a tightrope out there. I want to just say, let your love be bigger and let the love of Christ be bigger. And it doesn't mean you have to endorse what they're doing. It doesn't mean you have to support what they're doing. It doesn't mean you have to do anything to do with that lifestyle. But Jesus loves them just like he loves you. And so we, we want to convey that love of God. Because do you know what? Here, and here's where I'm going to land this whole thing. I had no idea how I was going to land it, but I just feel like landing it, okay? Bless you guys at Aldinga as well today. Um, we're going to finish this in Romans chapter 2 verse 4. I'm going to read from the message version. You didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your finger at others, you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings and from coming down on you? Or did you think that because he's such a nice God, he'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. Here's, this is John chapter 8. This is Jesus Christ himself. Somehow, in that juxtaposition, he was wise enough to not bring about open mockery and condemnation of the sin, but he brought through compassion, breakthrough, and healing and restoration. This, I believe, is what God will use to capture this generation, which is all of us, by the way, and the next generation. Love and compassion brought about through godly, Holy Spirit-filled, fiery love for people to get to know righteousness and truth. Bringing righteousness and truth prior to God. Remember, they haven't even heard about Jesus. Most of them haven't even heard about Jesus. So why, why go around quoting Scripture? They don't even know what Scripture is. But they know what love looks like. They know what love sounds like. So when we bring that, we're bringing righteousness. And if you're like me, and you kind of like rules and regulation, and you kind of like bringing bringing the the righteousness, because that that's the way I brought up. That's a lot of the preaching I've listened to is bringing the righteousness. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's strong. It's good. It's holy. But we may just find ourselves getting triggered and preaching and teaching out of being triggered rather than out of compassion. Compassion, love, mercy doesn't mean compromise. Just like last week, I tread on eggshells last week going like bouncing across the room, wasn't I? Left and right and going up and down all over the place. Same this week. Juxtaposition. We are in a social juxtaposition where we need to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. We need righteousness more than ever before. But it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the kindness of God. So we want to ask the Lord to fill us with so much of His Spirit, so much of His kindness. You know what? 
When the Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't just mean so you can have an experience of, of ecstasy in God's presence. I believe that is part of it. But do you know what? I believe that is the beginning of it. The outworking is then the fruit of the Spirit. The outworking is the fruit of the Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and the ongoing fillings of the Holy Spirit are absolutely biblical. We believe in that. We teach that. We pray for that. We always pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled more than ever before. But out of that comes the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which has amazing, amazing similarities to what Jesus responded like. When the Pharisees came with righteous condemnation, he operated out of love and compassion. So let's stand this morning. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I want you just to lift your hands if you're okay with that. And we're just going to pray this morning and ask him to fill us with Uber. And believe me, Uber is a word before Uber, you know, like it actually means lots, <laughs> you know. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of his spirit and his wisdom and revelation. Because if we can tap into something in his spirit this morning where he releases wisdom and revelation, we might have the breakthrough with those people that only you're going to come in contact with. I'm never going to come in contact with them. Other people aren't. But you can bring compassion where there's only been judgment. You can bring healing where there's only been hurt. You can bring righteousness where maybe there's only just been liberality and silence in the room where no one wants to say anything or do anything because most of us Christians are so scared of these fringe issues that we have no idea what to do. But if we can have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, then we can tap into the Holy Spirit and release amazing miracles in people's lives. So Lord, we ask you this morning for uber amounts of wisdom and revelation. Holy Spirit, I pray you would fill us this morning with your love and compassion and with your righteousness. That you would give us wisdom to know what to say and when to say it. That you would give us wisdom when to stay silent. Lord, you would give us people to pray for. You would give us people to uh, assignments of prayer, people to love and pray for. And Lord, that we would begin to see breakthrough in our community, that you would release the light of God, that people would begin to run to you for answers and that we wouldn't have to bring so much condemnation, but we can stand in righteousness, but also operate in love and compassion. And so Lord, in particular, the, the two big ticket ones for me, I confess, Lord, is transgenderism and homosexuality. The LGBTIQ community, Lord, it's a big one. It's a tough one. And there's a battle on for our next generation of confusion. And so even this morning, Lord, we ask that you would release your love and your true love, not false love, your true love, the love of the Father, to a generation, that there would be an awakening amongst the LGBTIQ community. And Lord, that you're going to have to do miracles, I'm telling you. You're going to have to do phenomenal miracles, creative miracles, heart healing on, on mass for a generation. But we ask you for it, Lord. We seek you for it. And Lord, we ask that somehow, somehow you let us be beacons of light. When people are calling good evil and evil good, You'll help us to bring the love of God and speak righteous truth at the same time.
So we're asking for an anointing of both, an anointing of both, and that you would empower us by your Spirit. Even this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would take hold of some who are here this morning and that you would raise them up to be beacons of truth, beacons of light, beacons of hope, that you'll fill them with power. You'll fill them with your fire, not just for a momentary experience, but it will begin there and it will end in influence. Influence, influence in our community. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way. Come and bring healing. Come and bring restoration to an adulterous generation. Lord, we say, we say, open the doors to an adulterous generation, but we ask you to come and bring redemption. Bring redemption. Bring redemption and healing by the power of your Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Shikaba. Lord, we, we do repent of where we've just... All we've done is made it about the issues. And we've fought our issues till the cows come home and it's made not one iota of difference because no one's listened. Because all they hear is judgment. All they hear is the issue. All they hear is the, the same thing over and over again. So Father, we ask that you would come and pour out your love in this house. Pour out your love in this house. Pour out your love into us that we may somehow be able to translate your love to our world around us. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, bless you guys.